God is the one who calls. And he, he calls regardless of marital status, regardless of educational status, regardless of um, whatever, all, whatever other things that we want to put on it. And um, where he has called, he will equip. Hey friends, welcome to the Kids Ministry Circle podcast. Kids Ministry Circle is a community for kids ministry leaders to be encouraged and equipped to love and serve the local church. I'm your host, Lauren Jackson, and we have such a great episode for you today. But before I introduce you to my new friend, I want to share a quick announcement. One of the ways we try to equip and encourage kids ministry leaders is through our cohort. The Kids Ministry Circle cohort is 12 weeks of group coaching where leaders get to learn and grow alongside fellow leaders and new friends. We talk about everything from volunteers to discipleship, and trust me, you will walk away feeling more equipped to lead your ministry and more encouraged to remember that you are not alone. We only have five spots left for our spring cohort, so if you are on the fence, now is the time to sign up. And here is our conversation with Jennifer. Jennifer, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I am so glad that you're here, that we're chatting virtually, and that we can just hear more about you and the ways that you lead and just how great you are as a person, because I have thoroughly enjoyed uh, getting to be friends with you and um, just seeing from afar how you lead in your ministry. So why don't you kick us off by sharing a little bit about you? How did you get into the world of kids ministry and where do you currently serve? Sure. So I, I mean, we didn't a- ask age, but um, I guess I'll give it. <laughs> you mean, you so don't I'm, have to. <laughs> I'm 43. I uh, have been in ministry since I was 19 years old. So I'll let you do that math. Yeah. Um, and have been specifically in children's ministry since 2008. Um, so again, I'll let you do the math on that. Um, cause it's Wednesday afternoon. Yep. <laughs> We're not supposed to use our brains in that way. Uh, so I am the children and family pastor, um, at College Hill Presbyterian in Cincinnati, Ohio. And, um, what else was I supposed to say? I feel like I'm missing a detail. How did you end up in kids ministry? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, originally, I thought uh, that I would end up in youth ministry. So when I was in college, um, felt a call to ministry, felt like it would involve kids, youth, something in that vein. And um, it I, I would say it took me some time to figure out exactly what it looks like to be a woman in ministry because I was in a mm-hmm. conservative denomination for a long time. And so I just didn't have a lot of pictures of what that looks like or what acceptable roles were. For women in ministry. And so um, it really took me doing an internship when I was in seminary uh, with a children's ministry uh, that uh, at a church that was uh, right near my seminary. And um, I did it because it was practical, because I needed a job. And it also fit my practicum hours. <laughs> um, and yeah. I liked kids. I had always babysat my whole life. My mom was a preschool teacher growing up. So I'd been around kids literally my whole life. And I thought, oh, well, this will be easy. And um, what I found was, yeah, it was easy, but it was also enjoyable. And Mm -hmm. the more I did it, the more I felt like this is like a really, really good fit. Um, Before that, I'd done youth ministry. And then um, after college, I did college ministry uh, with college students internationally. So um, I feel like I've done (laughs) all the age groups, but kids Mm -hmm. seems to be the best long-term fit. That's awesome. 
I love to hear stories of people who are like, oh, I wanted to do youth ministry because it's fun and exciting and it's upbeat and it's cool. And like, I'm a cool hit person. And then they like step into kids for a short season and they're like, oh, this is amazing. And I'm like, of course it is. Yeah. What were you thinking? <laughs> it's so funny because I've gone the opposite trajectory. Usually, usually people age up as they're doing ministry yeah. and I've aged down. And I think that's, I think that's, success. Like I'm like, absolutely that's the better. That's the better way. I've ended up at the place I want to be and should oh be. Oh my goodness. That's so funny. Why after all these years, are you still in kids ministry? Oh, kids are great. Um, and I feel like kids are so much more open to God and his spirit than adults mm-hmm. are. Um, yeah. it's so much easier to and I don't mean this in a manipulative way. It's so much easier to form a kid than to reform an adult. Um, and I mean that in the sense of like with kids, you have the opportunity to really from a young age, and I'm going to allude a little bit here. So the reason Lauren and I met was uh, we're working on a writing project together. And part of what I love about this writing project is that it really crystallizes for kids from a young age because we're preschool writers. Mm-hmm. Um what is true about God and then what is true about them mm-hmm. and then how those two affect everything else. And yeah. um, I, I wrote about this recently when I, I posted about the curriculum we're writing and it just reminds me, you know, I'm, I'm a Presbyterian, so I love John Calvin, uh, <laughs> but he talks, he talks about knowledge of God and knowledge of self. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is so important. The more that we begin to understand God, the more we understand ourselves as we truly yep. are and vice versa. And I think for kids to understand those things from a very young age and to have a true real identity formed by those truths, mm-hmm. um, I think it changes everything. And I think it makes you so secure yep. um, and you grow up with that secure attachment. You know, if you think about, you know, social sciences and attachment theory, you grow up with that secure attachment and you are mm. a, a really um, differentiated, happy, uh, well-adjusted human. And yep. that's how God made it. It's not, it's not a coincidence. It's not just science. That's mm. how God intended for us to to grow up. Yep. That's awesome. I love that. And it is, it is true. Like the more you can <clears throat> introduce kids to who their identity is in Christ, I think you learn a lot as an adult. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know, in my humble opinion, you learn a lot from kids and being in kids ministry. And that is really sweet. So I love, I love that you're still in kids ministry after all these years and that you still love it. So that's great. Uh, okay. So one of the reasons why I invited you to be on the podcast, one, because you're an incredible leader and two, because you're also an incredible writer, which has been really fun to work oh, with you on this stop, project. Stop. So great. <laughs> uh, but also you talk uh, pretty openly about what it looks like to be single as a kids mm-hmm. ministry leader. And um, I know sometimes that there are some blanket statements made about kids ministry leaders that don't often include the single men and women or the men and women in leadership roles that don't have kids. And a lot of times it comes with some struggles of just trying to relate to the kids in your ministry, but also the parents in your ministry. And so I would love for you to share um, just kind of how this topic became such a 
passion point of yours. Obviously you live this, this is your mm-hmm. daily life and this is how you lead. Um, but also if you were talking to other fellow single kids ministry leaders, whether it's men or women, what would your conversations be like? What are some hurdles that you're experiencing? What are some joys that you are experiencing as you lead um, as a single woman? I mean, there's that's two big things, leading as a single, but also leading mm-hmm. as a woman. Yes. And so yes. just share a little bit with us and the listeners. Yeah. So that's two strikes, right? In yep. the church that you're single and a woman. Um, well, basically what it means is people don't have a paradigm for you. And mm-hmm. um, that can be scary for people. Uh, I don't have a built-in way to understand you. And that means I have to work harder, which mm-hmm. some people, for those who are willing to do it, it ends up being a very rich experience, I think, for them and for you. Uh, but that also means that some people are going to misunderstand or generalize you um, j- just in that effort to uh, get there a little quicker (laughs) to find that paradigm a little quicker. Um, so yeah, I mean, certainly one aspect of that, that I have heard, you know, I've experienced myself and heard from, um, others who were single in ministry is that, you know, there are some parents who think, Oh, how do you, how do you understand kids or how can you understand parenting or help me as a parent when you haven't done that yourself? Right. And certainly we can look at other fields. Um, I'm just going to use like a little bit of an extreme example here, but uh, folks who help uh, people through addiction, mm-hmm. um, you don't have to have been through addiction yourself to be a good specialist in that area, right. to be a good counselor, to be a good helper, uh, to help someone navigate that and walk through it. Um, and we can see that in a lot of different areas of our lives. You know, you don't have to have had cancer to be a good oncologist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really think that that ultimately what it comes down to is, are you a good shepherd? Are you someone who cares for people? Well, whatever age they are, whatever size they are, are you someone who cares for people? Well, who listens well, who watches, observes, and who really dives into relationship. Um, I think that I have had, I really haven't, I don't, I don't think I've experienced a ton of, um, of that aspect of people thinking, oh, well, you don't know how to do your job because you don't have kids. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that comes because I really, for me, it's important to approach it from a family perspective. Um, I, I believe that God, uh, made parents to be the primary faith builders in their children's lives. Mm -hmm. So I'm not trying to usurp that position. Right. Uh, But, but also what that means is that my best, um, my de- best deposit is in the family and not just the kid. And so I try to be around families. I try to, um, you know, go to birthday parties and uh, recitals and, you know, dinner at people's houses when they invite. Um, and I just think that when people, when families especially see me in that context, when they see me interacting with their kids, it's a pretty quick hurdle to get over. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? And, yep. um, and I don't know, I, I also don't know if it's because I grew up in my mom's classroom, mm-hmm. that it was always easy for me. Um, but it has, you know, it just always was second nature. I remember one time, um, when I was in my twenties before I, before I was in full-time ministry and, um, uh, one of our teenagers, uh, was helping me in a VBS at our church. And she said to me, Jennifer, where do you get your teacher voice? And I was like, what are you talking about? 
uh, she goes, you know, when you're teaching, like when you're giving the lesson and stuff, like, how do you do the teacher voice? Like the teacher voice, what does she mean? <laughs> like I wasn't doing, wasn't doing any impressions. Like I was like, what does she mean? And I think she just meant like this kind of like air of natural, like comfort and authority. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I get, well, I guess it's just cause I grew up, you know, I grew up with it. Like I saw my mom doing it all the time and it was just kind of imbibed. Um, yep. and so, you know, not everyone who's single is going to have grown up, uh, in that way, but it's certainly, I think, I think when you've seen one single person do it well, mm-hmm. I think that that would give you, um, hopefully some confidence that there really is a place and space for singles to do children's ministry well, and yeah. really even to help parents, um, and come alongside them as real, you know, partners, cheerleaders, uh, confidants, um, prayer warriors, <laughs> whatever mm-hmm. they need, yeah. uh, but to come alongside them as they grow in their parenting. Yeah. I love that. Do you feel that as you've gotten older, it's been easier or like compared to when you were younger and like, yes, young twenties, single. And as you've kind of grown with your parents, that has it become easier. Yeah, I think for sure, because now I'm either a peer or I'm older than them. Mm -hmm. And so I think in general in ministry, that is probably across the board, <laughs> yeah. um, a dynamic that, that changes over time and it gets easier. People trust yeah. you more because they've seen you live more life. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also like, you know, hopefully, hopefully with life experiences and years comes a little bit more wisdom, a little more, um, security and confidence, but in like a humble way. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely think that, it makes it easier um, when I'm not 10 years there junior Yeah, uh, for, for sure. people to trust me. Yep. Talk to maybe someone who <laughs> is single and newer in ministry, because it sounds like you've been able to build some really sweet relationships with your families and your parents and your volunteers. Kind of talk about how you did that. How are you able to not invite yourself over, but almost like make yourself available yeah two families to be like, Oh, Jennifer, come over for dinner. Like talk to me about how you built those relationships. Yeah. Well, I would say necessity is the mother of invention. (laughs) And so, uh, when I was in my first ministry, um, job outside of seminary after seminary, um, I, there, there were really not a lot of people my age, um, in our church or just in, I was in a beach town, Mm. And people, people generally, I mean, this is not a universal thing, but people generally do not move to the beach as young singles to walk with Jesus. Right. Um, just speaking in generalities. And so it was very lonely and there, you know, just being quite frank, there were nights where I cried myself to sleep. Mm. Um, and I just said, I can't, I cannot do this long term. Yeah. I cannot do this. Um, it's, it's too hard alone. And and the job itself was great. I loved the families and they were awesome. Um, and so I called my pastor from my home church and I just said, this is the situation, like in all transparency and, um, like help me help. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, he said something to me that was just so wise. He said, you know, you may not have a straightforward version of what you need. And so you're going to have to be creative um, about how to find what you need um, as a single person in this 
place and season of ministry. And so, you know, are there people you can look at differently? Are there families? Are there parents that you can look at differently? Um, and to begin to create some of those relationships that you need. Mm-hmm. And so there was a mom that I really liked um, and just got along with really easily. And so I just said, hey, would you want to get breakfast twice a month with me? And so two Thursdays a month, we would go out to this incredible place that like they made their grits with like full fat cream. <laughs> like It was oh ridiculous. <laughs> um but it was wonderful just like having that time of fellowship with her. And then as those relationships developed, like they, they, that family, uh, invited me over for Easter every year. I had Easter every year at their house. That's so um, cute. And then just with the families in general, I just said, listen, I have, I have time. That's what I have in my hands to give you. Yeah. And so, um, I just said to them, listen, like, I want to, I want to get to know your family. I want to spend time with you. Like if you have birthday parties or recitals or softball games or whatever, like invite me. It's not a guarantee that I can come, but if I can, Mm -hmm. I will, you know, do everything I can to be there. Um, and so they did. And, um, you know, there was a, another family at, at that time, I was too far away to drive home for Thanksgiving. And so I would do Thanksgiving at their house every year. And, Mm -hmm. Some of it is just as a single person being willing to be vulnerable enough to open yourself up and to state what you need um, and and to, there's risk involved there, right? Like you don't know that you're going to be met with like lots of invitations or like, oh yes, please come in my home. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's some risk involved, but there's also, you know, potential reward. And so being able to be vulnerable enough to open yourself up and just to also be willing to say, because what that means is that ministry is much less neat. You know, it doesn't fall within nine to five hours. And so that's the benefit as a single person that I have, you know, some, some, uh, my lines aren't as strict. My boundaries Mm -hmm. aren't as strict and I can, but that also means that I have responsibility to pay attention and to make sure that I'm not being, you know, that I'm not with my people all the time. Um, you know, Jesus took time to withdraw and be by himself. He slept, he, you know, did all the things (laughs) and, um, all the things that come with being a human. And, Mm -hmm. um, I just have to remember too, in that, that I am a human and I have to, dial back sometimes. And I need to have some relationships. It doesn't mean all of them, but I need to have a handful of relationships that are with people that are my age or that are also single. And some of that comes with, you know, pursuing some, like I was in a Bible study. I I moved to an evening Bible study instead of a morning Bible Mm. study. And that put me with working women who like, I got to know a girl in my Bible study and we became great friends. Yeah. Um, So some of it is just also kind of, you know, looking around you, what you're already doing um, and just being a little more creative or purposeful Mm -hmm. and and praying through that as well. Um, I I really strongly believe in the power of prayer. And I I really believe that God not only wants to hear those desires of our heart, but really it invites a special kind of communion when you can be vulnerable with him and say, God, I need friends mm-hmm. <laughs> or I need yeah. families around me because my family is not 
um, or whatever it is, just to be vulnerable with him and say, I just really need you to help me with this. Mm-hmm. I think that he really loves and honors those kinds of honest prayers. Yeah, definitely. One of my questions as you were talking was that boundary question of how, because your schedule is much more open than maybe a married person with kids, how do you find those boundaries of, hey, I got invited to all of these things this weekend? Kind of what does that look like for you in terms of setting boundaries and keeping the Sabbath and doing all those things so that you continue to be the best leader that you can be? Yeah. So a couple different things, a couple different thoughts on that. One, honoring my day off. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, I am more strict about that than any, probably anything else. And I'm more strict with letting other people, like, I, I don't, I don't really let other people invade that. And, um, that's a pretty high boundary that I keep up. There's one day a week. I'm just not going to be available to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, two, I have a dog, which is great. I love to use him as an excuse, uh, when, when I need to, <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh, You know, Oh, my dog's been home for a long time. I really need to go let him out. Thank you so much for the invitation, but I just really, um, I need to give him some, some, uh, extra affection tonight or extra time or whatever. (laughs) And it may sound ridiculous. It may make me sound like a crazy dog lady, whatever. I don't care. I don't care. Um, and I do, I'd love my dog. I love hanging out with my dog. (laughs) So it's probably not untrue what I'm saying. Right. Um, but also, um, just kind of learning, learning yourself mm-hmm. and, uh, being able to stick up for yourself and your needs. Yeah. Um, I think the older I've gotten, the more secure I've gotten and, um, the better I'm able to, um, say yes or no mm-hmm. wholeheartedly, um, and, and respectfully, um, you know, me saying no, this time doesn't mean I'm going to say no every time. Right. Um, but it also doesn't mean a, that I owe you an explanation or B that I owe you an apology. Mm -hmm. Um, it just means I'm not available at this time. Um, period. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so does, is that helpful? No, that's Um, super helpful. I think that is encouraging for any ministry leader to just say, Hey, it's okay to set boundaries. It's okay mm -hmm. to say no and not apologize for those boundaries. I think that's really encouraging. And, and you have to kind of take inventory yourself, um, of what those boundaries need to be. You know, Mm -hmm. I I might have said yes. Um, so for example, like maybe I said yes to something earlier in the week that when I get later in the week, I'm just physically worn out Mm -hmm. and I don't have it. I don't have it in me. And I might need to pull back and say, Hey, you know what? Um, I, I really, I'm so sorry to do this to you, but I am just running ragged. Yeah. I need to, I need to, um, excuse myself from that thing. Um, or maybe you, you know, set a boundary for yourself, but you say, you know what, um, I'm going to, I'm going to bend it because I think that that's going to be enjoyable for me yeah. and it's going to help my ministry. Yeah. Um, so I mean, just, yeah, I think boundaries are good, but also having grace with ourselves and others and, just having those honest check-ins to be able to say like, what do I need? What do I want? Um, where do I feel like the Holy spirit is leading me? Perhaps mm-hmm. that should be question number one. <laughs> yes. Holy spirit um, first. Then what you want second. 
Um, yeah, uh, yes, in no particular order. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely, um, definitely. Just asking yourself those questions, and you know, I, I don't, I don't think that you know, God. Um, so for me, I, I'm a neat Nick. Like I like things to be in, like in good order, and I mm-hmm. feel chaotic if my environment is chaotic. So I don't think that God expects me to like say yes to everything and never have time yeah. to clean my home. I right. don't think that that's healthy or yeah. good. Um, so, you know, yeah, just assessing like, you know what, I, I might've, I might've been inclined to say yes to that thing, but I'm, I'm, I'm remembering, um, I really need to do X, Y, Z around the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say no. Yeah. So whatever it is, just kind of yep. checking, checking in with yourself, checking in with your needs and remembering you're a person. And, you know, I, I am part of being a single adult means I run a household by myself. Mm-hmm. And I know that that sounds uncomplicated to people who are like, I'm just going to use you as an example. So you're yeah. married and you have young children. Mm-hmm. And to you, it probably sounds uncomplicated to think of running a household for a single person and a dog. But I still have to make sure that my grass is cut. I still have to make sure that my trash is taken out. I still have to make sure that, you know, the toilets are scrubbed and the groceries are bought and all of this. And I don't have a helper for that. And so part of my boundary as a single person is making sure I have the the time to do the things that I need to do Mm -hmm. um, that I don't have a helper for. Yep. Yeah. No, that's really good. Uh, Kind of going off of that conversation about a helper, sometimes having a spouse or even a roommate and having that person that you could say anything to anything about church, anything about your job, just like someone who can take all the good and all the bad that comes out of someone's mouth and say, Hey, I love you anyways. I love our church anyways. In the single person's ministry life, you don't have that spouse at home that you can come home yeah. and say, oh, this decision was made at church today and I don't agree with it. Or this was said to me and it hurt my feelings or just the frustrations that come with any job, but specifically in this conversation, a ministry role. How do you find those people that can be your confidants in just someone who can help you carry that <clears throat> burden of ministry and leading people mm-hmm. and working with imperfect people and trying to love the bride of Christ the best way that we can, how would you, how have you found those people that you trust, but also that continues to love the church? Yeah. So, um, I would have a couple of different thoughts on that. Um, so I would say, first of all, just being, being transparent and realistic. Um, that is probably the hardest part of being a single in ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, that you don't have your person. Yeah. That, that one person who's always on your side, who always is, um, you know, legally, if not ethically bound to listen to you when you're, when you're having a hard day. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's, that's the hard part, you know, especially the, the older I get, um, it makes it easier in ministry because people have more confidence in me because I'm not a baby trying to right. minister to babies. 
Um, <laughs> but what it also means is that my close friends are now married with their own children. And so mm-hmm. they have their own lives and they're not able to always talk at the drop of a hat when you've had a terrible right. day um, or able to celebrate good news with you like the second you get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just a reality. And part of, I think, maturing as a human and as an adult and maturing spiritually is increasingly making that person Jesus Mm. and, and letting your friendship grow in that way in that, you know, something great happens. Is he the first person I run to? So I've had a terrible day. Is he the first person I complain to? And do we have that kind of honest, real raw relationship that I do feel freedom to go and complain to him. Yeah. And it doesn't like, like as a, as a wife, you're not, you're not afraid. Oh, my husband's going to think ill of me because I go and complain to him. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what he's literally there for. And so we, I think as Christians sometimes have a hard time seeing Jesus in that role or in that way. And I think we need to grow in comfort. And I include myself in this. We need to grow in comfort in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just being able to take everything to him and to, um, you know, that old song, take it to the Lord in prayer, that old yeah. hymn, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, you know, driver cut you off, take it to the Lord in prayer. Um, you know, you didn't get the raise you wanted at work, take it to the Lord in prayer. You have a parent who's being difficult, take it to the Lord in prayer, mm-hmm. whatever it is, just taking it to him and, and learning to really trust and depend on him, but also have a genuine relationship and friendship with him. Yeah. Um, I think that's super, super important. And it also, I think changes the way we do ministry, yeah, um, oh, because totally. it's out, it's out of the overflow and not just the uh, occasional dip in. Um, yeah. But also I will say with that, that is, you know, God also gives us people mm-hmm. um, and he does it through his church. And um, I do think it's super important. And I, when I coach um, ministry leaders, I have found this, whatever their age is, it is so rare to find ministry leaders that have a good, healthy support network, mm-hmm. uh, meaning not just one person, a variety of people in a variety of places that they can talk to about a variety of things in ministry. Um, I remember one of my seminary professors uh, gave us a word of caution one time and said, be really careful not to let your spouse become your toxic waste dump in the sense that um, that's where you just go and like everything terrible in ministry, everything about your senior pastor that you hate or, you know, everything that goes wrong with a parent or a kid that, you know, their behavior is just off the charts. That's where you go is you just come and dump, 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 dump on your spouse. And I think part of what he was saying in that, not that you don't ever dump, but you spread it out <laughs> and that, you know, you, you have uh, different people, different places, relationships for different mm-hmm. things. Um, and that you're, you have different people to meet different needs in your life. And I think that yeah. that's, I think singles feel that need more earnestly just because of the things I just described, but I think that's good and healthy for married folks as well in ministry. Yeah, definitely. And I, I feel like, We've been in situations, I mean, I feel like talking to you, I know we've both been in difficult ministry situations. 
Yeah. And when you dump that all on one person, it's hard to be that person and not like feel attached to the situation or yes. feel frustrated alongside you. And that can just, mm-hmm. you don't want to be the reason that somebody is frustrated with the church. Yeah. I yeah. don't think that's fair. That's not, I don't think that's fair to put on somebody else. And so I think that's, I mean, extremely wise to say, no, find a collection of people that you can talk to and share these things with, whether that's the kids ministry leader down the street or Mm -hmm. a counselor, or I don't know. I still call my mom when I have bad days. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was Martin Luther that said, if God is our father, the church is our mother. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we don't want to develop that kind of toxic relationship with our mother where all we do is complain and all yeah. we do is live kind of enmeshed and tangled lives, um, that are, that are both unhealthy. Um, and so I think the more that we can begin to, um, help ourselves be healthy and help her be healthy as well, I think it's just better on the whole. And that's yeah. what a watching world needs. I think that that is really a powerful, evangelistic tool. Um, when the, when the world around us, especially unbelievers can see the church be healthy and strong and good and pure and true and everything that it was meant to be. And when they can see us truly loving her Mm -hmm. and truly respecting her and truly submitting to her and truly, uh, having a great relationship with her. Um, but that, that obviously takes some work, just like human families, Um, you know, that have their complications, churches do too. And our relationships with churches do too. And so it just takes a lot of work. And, you know, if you need to go get counseling, go get counseling, Mm -hmm. um, for your relationship with the church. But that, I think that's really important to tend to. Yeah. Yeah. That's encouraging. What can married ministry co-laborers do? Like what, what would be, like, what do you wish your fellow married kids ministry leaders or greater staff leaders knew about single ministry leaders that they don't think about? Hmm. Well, I, I don't know. It seems like such a simplistic answer, but I, I think what I, my automatic response to you would just be to say, listen, Mm. Um, I, you know, let a, a co-led a breakout with Melissa McDonald at uh, children's pastors conference this year. This is the third year that we've led one about singleness together. And, um, I have a married friend who's actually in my denomination at a church in Texas. And she was at the conference as well. And she came to my breakout she's married with kids. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, go to break out, you need whatever. But it was so sweet and encouraging to me. Yeah. And she walked away saying, I feel like I understand more what it's like mm. for my, because she's on the executive team at her church. And so she's able to, she was able to take what we shared and just say, like, I know better how to pastor the single people on our staff because mm. of your breakout. And I just yeah. thought, wow, that was so like, that required such humility from her, um, to be able to say and do that. And it was so encouraging and sweet and meaningful to me. Um, and so, yeah, just listen, just listen. And then, um, let us tell you what we need, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, instead of just deciding, Oh, you know, I assume you need this, or I assume you need that. 
Um, just like as a non-parent, I wouldn't assume that I know what a parent needs. Yeah. Um, I would try to get to know them and their situation. Um, I think that that's just as important on the reverse. Mm -hmm. How have you seen God work in and through your singleness as a leader in kids ministry? Okay. So I'm just going to tell one story, uh, one family story. So remember I told you earlier about, you know, I would be crying to sleep, um, crying myself to sleep at at nights when I was at my church in Myrtle Beach. And uh, I reached out to that mom and I said, hey, would you be willing to to grab breakfast with me a couple of times a month? Mm -hmm. And I got to know her and her family really well. And um, God just really gave both of us so much encouragement and healing through that relationship. And we were not hugely far apart in age, but, um, it was just really sweet to build that relationship. And then neither of us knew this, but because of that time investing in each other, then, um, so that was 2010, um, maybe like nine, nine years later, um, at my, current church in Cincinnati. So her, her kids, uh, came to Cincinnati to go to college. So her oldest, uh, came, they were, um, at college conservatory music in Cincinnati. And I got to get to know them now as young adults, uh, but also wrap them into my ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a special kind of sweetness, uh, yeah. to be able to see your kids grow up. Um, and then to see them minister to the kids that you minister to. Yes. Um, but, then, but then for her as a mom to know that they have, you know, someone who deeply cares for them in their city, yeah. um, you know, if anything happens, um, just as they're launching out, you know, becoming mm-hmm. young people, um, just I think that gave her so much security and comfort to know that. Um, and then when they would come into town, they would stay with me and so it was just real sweet. Um, and I think me being single, you know, allowed for, uh, the moves that eventually made that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, gave me time to be able to, yeah. you know, spend with them and go see, you know, uh, their son was in, uh, um, what's it called? Musical, like, Musical theater. He was in the musical oh. theater program. <laughs> you can tell I'm really adept in my words. <laughs> so like I got to go see him yeah. and shows and like got to see his senior show and just like, it, yeah. it, you know, those are things I may not have gotten to do if I was married and had children of my yeah. own. And even think back to being in that beach town. If you were married serving, you may have not even reached out to her in the first place. Yes, correct. And that is such a testimony to God's sovereignty. Mm-hmm. It's like, Hey, this is like, you are going to build a relationship with this woman and I'm going to like orchestrate this so that in nine years and in 10 years, like there's comfort for these young adults who are moving to a new city. And that's just so sweet. That's a testament to your obedience and being present right where God has you. Cause you could have easily been like, I don't like this. Bye. Like I'm going to move and go to a different church and go to a different city. But I just love what a great example of walking in faith, being a, being obedient and just serving God and serving the church right where you are. And I think that's really sweet. What a great story. I love stories <laughs> like that. Um, okay. So Okay. Before we ask our very last question, anything else, anything else we should know 
Anything else you want to share? You want to enlighten us with? Yeah. Burning, uh, last, last things to say. Um, I would just say, you know, God is the one who calls Mm -hmm. and he, he calls regardless of marital status, regardless Mm -hmm. of educational status, regardless of, um, whatever, whatever other things that we want to put on it. And, um, where he has called, he will equip, mm-hmm. um, and he who began a good work will complete it. And so, uh, I would just encourage us all to kind of, um, maybe loosen up our, our ideas of what we think things should look like. Now I will be the first to say, like, I believe that ministry is a high calling and you should absolutely mm-hmm. be well-equipped and you should absolutely go to seminary and get ordained and, you know, do things the right way in the yeah. right time. Um, but God's calling on my life didn't start the day I graduated from seminary or the day that I was ordained or any of those things. His calling began when I was a college student and, um, had, had his call on my life just as much when I was starting out as, as Mm -hmm. right now in ministry. And so, um, just find ways to be encouragers, find ways to be lifters up, find ways to, um, bring others in instead of excluding them or trying to find a paradigm um, or make assumptions, um, just, and and trust that God has something good in store for their lives and Mm -hmm. encourage them in that, um, not in like a trite way. Um, but you know, naming, even being able to name the good things that you see God doing in their lives. Um, that's so encouraging as a single person because, you know, it just doesn't always, you don't always have that person who's, you know, writing you the, the love notes and all those things. Even if you're married, um, you may not have that. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair, fair. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good um, that's such a good reminder. And for people who are believing the lie that they have to be married or they have to have kids in order to mm-hmm. make an influence on somebody else's life in ministry, I think that is a lie from Satan because yeah. he is trying to thwart any action of moving the gospel forward and Mm -hmm. for people to believe that that they aren't qualified because they don't have a ring on their finger or they're not qualified because they don't have kids Mm -hmm. that is so untrue and i love what you said of god calls and god equips and you have to walk in obedience of that and um and it's a good reminder to me as a parent and someone who is actively involved in the ministry at our local church of saying, hey, as parents, we can look at staff members who are not married and who don't have kids and say, hey, you are important in the life of my child. Yeah. And I'm going to invite you in because your voice is your voice matters. You are a person right. who is following Jesus. And in my book, if you can be an example to my children of what it looks like to follow Jesus as a college student, as a young 20s, as a thirties and forties and 50 year old, like that is important. And so I think that's just a really sweet reminder to encourage both sides to say, Hey, every like voice is important and every member of the body matters. And, um, and so I think that is so encouraging. Yeah. Uh, and to right. treat people. Oh yes. Oh no, no. no I was just going to treat people with the honor that that should include, um, and yeah, especially as a woman in ministry, I feel like so many times we kind of get passed over. Um, mm-hmm. 
but you know, some of my churches have really done it well. I had, um, my, at that, at that same church in Myrtle beach, um, there was another family who, uh, <laughs> like I may even cry saying this, but like the dad came in on one Wednesday night and he handed me some paperwork from NTB. And I was like, what's this? And he said, um, uh, I, I was outside in the parking lot, parking my car and I saw your car and I just noticed that the tread on your tires was really low. And so I just drove over to NTB and, um, and so it's like all taken care of. So just whenever you have time, just go over there and they're going to replace your tires for you. Like, and that Lauren, that is not cheap. That is no. not cheap. <laughs> I didn't know that at the time because I was a very young, young adult, but that is not cheap. <laughs> that's Um, so sweet yeah and it didn't it didn't feel like um infantizely you know what's that word infantilizing like it didn't feel like he was treating me like a child um but it it just felt like I was so cared for um yeah and yeah so just things gestures like that that honor your sacrifice Mm -hmm. that honor who you are and your calling from God um and the the way that you've invested in you know, the, the families and the church around you. I think anytime you could take an opportunity to do that, I think it's just a yes, a yes and yeah. amen. Yeah. That's so sweet. Okay. Our last question that we always ask, which I feel like you've given so much encouragement already, but I'm going to ask you to give some more. Uh, okay. If you were talking to someone brand new in kids ministry and family ministry, someone brand new, what would be your words of encouragement or advice? So I would say consciously build a support network around you. Um, whether you're married or single, you will need it. Um, Mm -hmm. and the thing, I think the thing that I hear the most when I'm coaching is that people do not have the support that they need. Um, just be realistic with yourself that you may not get that from your boss or your pastor. Mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't mean they're not good at their job. Um, it just means you may not get it from there. And yeah. so what, what are some other ways, what are some other people, uh, in which God has provided you, uh, because he's a, he's a good father and he's a good provider and he doesn't ever call us to something that he hasn't given us the resources to do. So mm-hmm. look around you, um, and try to identify and build uh, a network of folks who, again, spreading out that toxic waste, (laughs) Uh, but also spreading out the need um, that you can start to build a support network around you personally and professionally so that you Mm -hmm. can stay in it for the long haul. Um, Because that's, I mean, you and I both have been around long enough that we have seen people fall by the wayside all the time. And, Mm -hmm. um, and, and even too, when you see the headlines on the news, um, that is because people have isolated themselves. They don't have accountability. They don't have support. They don't have people that really know them in their lives. And so um, I would just say, be very conscious to build that network of people who know you, who love you, who um, want your best and who uh, will walk alongside you as, as you live out your calling from God. Mm -hmm. That's so great. I love that. And I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, Okay. If people want to connect with you, if they want to reach out with you, if they want to talk more with you, how can they connect with you? Oh, um, so I am not like the most dialed in person <laughs> like 
technologically. You're not on social, TikTok? Jennifer? Social media. I am not. I am not on TikTok. Neither. I've I'm never done a TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> I've never done one in my whole life. Um, so I would say probably the best way is either Facebook or LinkedIn. Um, okay. And you can find me. I, I have a very unusual last name, so it shouldn't be that hard to find me. Great. I will link both of those things in. I'm going to have to find you on LinkedIn, but I'll find you. Uh, I'll okay. link both those things in the show notes. So if people are like, I need to ask Jennifer more questions or even talk about what it looks like to, you mentioned coaching a couple of times. If people are like, I really want to hear more about what this looks like, um, they can connect with you at those places. So, all right. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I love this conversation. I think it will be super helpful for the listeners and just really everybody in general, because you're so great. Friends, that was such a great conversation with Jennifer. I know so many of you can relate to her story. And aren't you thankful that we serve a God who is faithful to provide exactly what we need and who we need? And that story of that dad buying her tires, can you believe it? I almost cried in that moment. I hope that whether you are married or single, this conversation gave you a new perspective on your coworkers, friends, and volunteers. If you loved this conversation, would you rate and review our podcast? That just helps other kids ministry leaders find this podcast and find this episode. If you would like to keep the conversation going, you can head over to our Instagram and Facebook pages and find us at Kids Ministry Circle. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.